0: been doing our movies and uh oh. okay.
1: hello this is billy carson aka forbidden knowledge welcome to the super exclusive interview disclosure is imminent i'm here with dr stephen greer the true world leader actually in disclosure and it's going to be an amazing event this weekend which we're going to talk about here and when i want to welcome you back Dr. Stephen Greer. Thank you. Good to see you.
0: Thank you yes. for your help. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. The last time I saw you was probably about two years ago. Right. And we had a, a series of interviews where you went deep into a lot of topics dealing with disclosure and ET and technology and potential advanced technologies from outer space and so forth. Right. Uh, a lot has happened since then. Right. I mean, you were really, you've always been ahead of your time, obviously. But some of the stuff you told me just a couple of years ago have now come to fruition, which is really, really amazing. I want to first start by introducing some of the people on my networks may not have seen you before. um, They are, if they haven't, they're crazy. But now that they're finally learning who you are for the first time, just tell them a little bit about your background and how you got started in disclosure.
0: Well, you know, I'm an emergency doctor and Mm -hmm. work uh, in emergency medicine and and trauma, but. you know, I had had an experience with one of these objects when I was younger, Mm. always had a lifelong interest. Uh, Mm -hmm. My first sighting, I was uh, eight maybe Mm -hmm. in North Carolina back in, before you were born in 1963, (laughs) but um, it was quite remarkable. Daytime, close up, clearly an extraterrestrial vehicle, Mm. uh, seamless. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I had an interest my entire life. Mm. And uh, eventually in, in 1990, I started the CE5 Contact Initiative, which you there's an app called CE5 Contact you can get mm-hmm. that is an outreach program from humans to these civilizations to create a peaceful dialogue and liaison mm-hmm. between humans gotcha. and these civilizations. Because frankly, mm-hmm. uh, in studying this up to that point, I realized that the United States and other governments had dropped the ball. They had military relationship had kept it secret. Mm-hmm. And nobody was paying attention to the fact that the UFOs themselves are just mm-hmm. like the car you that brought you here. Right. Who's inside the car? Mm-hmm. You know, Billy is. <laughs> or who's, so who's inside these spacecraft? Why are they here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was the genesis of it. Now, yeah. in 1992, on a beach in Florida near Pensacola, we had a major um, event, CE-5 mm-hmm. contact event. There were four ET craft in the sky that were seen by about 60 people on mm-hmm. a training expedition we were doing wow. including a couple of air force colonels and pilots and that made it onto the front page of the pensacola paper yeah. uh, the photo that then led to uh, people in the intelligence community contacting me yeah. uh, some friendly people and some hostile
2: people yeah
0: uh, but that sort of opened that whole vein uh, to it and then a year later when uh, president clinton became uh, sworn in in 93 uh, i was asked by uh, the director of a think tank here near the Pentagon yeah. to set up a briefing, attend a briefing for the director of the CIA. Uh, then, at that time, <clears> our <throat> James Woolsey for the president under cover of a dinner party with me and my yeah. wife, and yeah. the host and his wife, and, and the CIA director and his wife. Uh, and it was at that time I learned uh, and this is my life turned upside down 30 mm-hmm. years ago because. I realized that the president and the director of the CIA and then others I subsequently met with were being blocked from information on this subject and that the organization running these covert programs were were doing so without oversight uh, from the Congress or the president and were therefore illegal and unconstitutional. So that really was the genesis of the disclosure project. In those days, we called it Project Starlight. If you look at the Clinton Library was yeah. sued by AP, and they Associated Press, and they released these documents. Mm-hmm. And so it was initially a private briefing process mm-hmm. that I did in my spare time as an emergency doctor, mm-hmm. meeting with various members of Congress, people at the Pentagon, elsewhere, mm. to get this information to them and to encourage disclosure of it by the U.S. government. So, that, so the genesis of this goes all the way back to the early 1990s, 30 right. years ago.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And I know when I talked to you on the phone just maybe a few weeks ago, building up to this live uh, you know, uh, interview, right. you had mentioned that you had to start taking some of these government officials and some of these witnesses through the SCIF. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that? Are you able to talk about that on the uh, live air?
0: I can. I have to be careful. Yeah. Um, so about 16 months ago, a very senior person in the intelligence community here mm-hmm. um, who works literally with the black budget and overseas, the three-letter agencies, CIA, NSA, NRO, reached out to me because a law previously had been passed, as you know, Mm -hmm. uh, by the Congress to get a report done on UFOs and UAPs, whatever the name of the day is, (laughs) uh, and to to basically find out what was going on Mm -hmm. uh, with this. So once the Pentagon confirmed the Tic Tac Footage and this UFO footage, very quickly there were people in the Congress, like Senator Gillibrand and others, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, put through a law requiring the Director of National Intelligence mm-hmm. as well as the Pentagon to report on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those folks had been going, I, I'll be blunt, they had been gaslit, the mm-hmm. people doing the investigations, who mm-hmm. were, of course, not members of Congress. These are senior people in the, in the intelligence community and staff and they were basically being given new information which is predictable this is what we ran into in the 90s so they contacted me and asked me to help uh, provide uh, what's called actionable intelligence details of uh, where these facilities are where these projects are centered uh, who's involved uh, what are the project code names and numbers which i have Uh, and a number of these sort of issues. So, you know, we're a non-governmental entity. I have no legal standing, to be Mm -hmm. frank. Uh, But, you know, we have collected all this over 30 years. It's an enormous uh, archive of of intelligence information. It's the largest in the world by far. And so we had meetings uh, where I would provide this, Mm -hmm. and then they subsequently had field people out in the field go and confirm it. Mm -hmm. So they were able to confirm what we were saying, that there were both extraterrestrial and man-made UFOs. Mm -hmm. The bigger secret are the man-made secret technologies that would get us off the environment uh, crisis and and, and fix the environment and Mm -hmm. poverty. Uh, But that they were still being blocked access into these facilities. Mm -hmm. Now, these are people with top secret special compartmented uh, information clearances Mm -hmm. at the highest level. And, you know, again, I said, yes, because the organization doing this does not respect the authority of the legal constitutional government of the United States. Mm -hmm. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact and it's dangerous. So once, you know, this is now I realized that in 93. Now there are senior members in the U.S. government in the Congress and White House realizing this is the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the big question becomes, what are you going to do about it? So I said, here's what I think you should do. And they sent field people out, and they were able to confirm what we had been saying Mm -hmm. uh, through the information. So we were giving them the, for example, we're going to release, and you're going to all see this this weekend at at our uh, two-day conference, but also at the National Press Club on June 12th, from 2 to 4 Mm p.m. The world can see that for free. Um, The facilities list. Mm -hmm. And so I I provided this to these investigators in the government there are 145 top secret facilities uh, or bases where these operations have gone as well as corporate locations so which corporations are involved where's the reverse engineering taking place etc so all of that was uh, started 16 months ago Mm -hmm. now what has helped more recently is that the congress and the president put through a bill two days before christmas in 2022 Mm -hmm. uh, the national Defense Authorization Act It had a provision mm-hmm. for top-secret people, whistleblowers, or people who had non-disclosure agreements in the military, or even corporate world, to go through a process where they would go to uh, this office, AARO, Aero, and mm-hmm. the SCIF, uh, there near the Pentagon, and provide their information. Mm-hmm. So that process was, the law was passed late December 2022, yep. uh, the first folks started going in in, in January. Mm -hmm. And so I've been helping coordinate that. um, And also very clearly Mm -hmm. encouraging whistleblowers to come forward. Now we have to make a distinction here. There are really three categories of these whistleblowers, right? Uh, People who will not come forward because they're hostile Mm -hmm. to, to having this come out because they're part of the, I hate to say, illegal project. Gotcha. Then there are the ones who, are cooperating, giving us information,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but they don't want to come forward yet because the laws need to be tightened up for mm-hmm. their personal protection and security, as right. many have gotten death threats. Right, their uh, security around their pensions mm-hmm. or their financial assets, mm-hmm. and uh, also where it's very clear that if if they were found to have done something illegal, mm-hmm. that they would there would be a period of amnesty. Gotcha. So we're recommending a further bill be passed mm-hmm. to provide these sort of protections yeah. for these whistleblowers. And then there's another category. Mm-hmm. And those are the people who are willing to go through the process now yeah. and go to the skiff and provide information. Right. Now, out of a few of those, mm-hmm. there are a handful that are willing to come out publicly. Gotcha. OK, at this press conference. Right. So you're dealing with distillation. So it's yeah. you, now they'll give you a number we now have 752 whistleblowers and witnesses uh, that we have either previously interviewed or identified or yeah. have contacts to, right. and some are, are preeminent. Right. Uh, for example, there's a uh, senior official in a Fortune 100 company mm-hmm. that would like to share what he knows, but recently, after reaching out, he has had explicit threats, death threats to him mm-hmm. himself and his family. So this is why we're encouraging the Congress and the president mm-hmm. to uh, step up the pace of, of the protective laws gotcha. for these people's security and safety.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That's phenomenal. And just for the viewers, the Skiff. when we say the SCIF, can you okay. break it down for them? Because yeah. we know what it is. But
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, SCIF is a secure compartmented information facility. So mm-hmm. they're all around the city and other yeah. parts of the United States. And they're basically places where. When you go in. You know, you, you put your phones and all electronics aside. Mm-hmm. It's a sealed facility, so nothing, no electromagnetic signals can go in or out. Right. Um, and it, it's a place where top secret information can be exchanged mm-hmm. and shared in a secure fashion. Exactly. That's exactly. basically what it's. Yeah. Is. Kind of like not a boat. It's not. Yes. <laughs> it's a boat. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's something else.
1: Yeah. Right. This is really top secret. This is where you can really share information, and knowing that nobody can. Hack into it. Nobody right. can record it. They can't use those sophisticated uh, cameras with those sophisticated mics outside the building to hear what's inside. Everything bounces off. It's uh, right. it's pretty secure, um, which is which is very good.
0: It's not secure from these this illegal group because well, they're yeah. using. Let me just make they a have some super. They
1: have some really high tech.
0: They have yeah. what are called scalar or longitudinal electromagnetic systems yeah. that can penetrate anywhere. Right. And this is one of the, the, the problems we've had, is getting the people in the conventional government, mm. it's called the legal government, to understand the, the these other operations have technologies, mm-hmm. many of them reverse engineered from extraterrestrial vehicles, we'll mm-hmm. get into this, mm-hmm. that are thousands of years past what right the president or the chairman of X, Y, Z committee and the Congress yeah. would know about, and this is a, this is what I call the technology gap. It's a right. disconnect. right? Um, and it's dangerous because uh, if you don't know what your adversary has the capability to do, mm. then you're not going to strategically make the right decisions. right? So what I've been trying to get them to understand is that their current SecOps, the security operation protocols, and mm. these SecOps are simply inadequate. And therefore, they they need to understand that whatever it is they're doing is gonna be transparently known and seen mm-hmm. uh, by uh, the folks who uh, they consider uh, not cooperative, let's call it that way, right. and not cooperative to the point of, uh, uh, I would use the word, and, and these folks have agreed with me when I've used it, are involved in a treasonous operation. Mm. treason, heard, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is. and
1: I agree, I have, I've heard you say that before as a matter of yeah. fact. And so you'll be talking about this scalar technology this weekend at the yes. conference, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yes, we have a PhD physicist um, from, uh, had been, I believe, at Los Alamos, and uh, he is a, a probably world expert on mm-hmm. uh, scalar. Of course, Nikola Tesla talked about scalar waves yes. back 100 years ago, um, but he'll be making a brief presentation. And then one of our witnesses, um, who was with Raytheon at mm-hmm. a, a covert facility at South Pole, mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to talk about the sort of a application of that, mm-hmm. it's called a neutrino light sensors and array mm-hmm. that's a couple miles underneath the ice yeah. at the South Pole, uh, where he worked at that station and what that capability, mm-hmm. uh, the capability of that array is. Right. It's both, I will tell you, it's both tracking and sensing and an active weapon system. Mm-hmm. Which is quite advanced electromagnetic weapon um, right. and, and rather dangerous.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Neutrinos. Mm-hmm. Neutrino light. Neutrino detector light
0: detector and array. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, by the way, back in the 19, mid to early 1990s, mm-hmm. I met a, uh, a man who was CEO of an electronics company who, in uh, the 70s, mm. uh, had invented uh, a neutrino light detector that got a national security order placed on it. And the national reconnaissance office seized it wow. under national security order and they put them on the satellites that mm-hmm. are up there so that they can track and mm-hmm. monitor these extraterrestrial vehicles mm-hmm. as they come out of let's call it trans-dimensional space-time right. into 3d mm-hmm. uh, And when they do that there's a burst of neutrino light mm-hmm. and that allows them to pick up on them, yeah, and so those are, are, are then uh, connected to weapon systems, mm-hmm. and you you hear about all these crash retrievals, yeah. Well, now in our archive, we have one hundred and twenty one incidences mm-hmm. that we've documented, yeah. many with whistleblowers still mm-hmm. living, of uh, these objects being tracked, hit, mm-hmm. and downed by right. extraterrestrial. So, uh, which is another whole discussion, mm-hmm. and that is uh, the danger, yeah of having an unsupervised and unauthorized operation with those kind of technologies Mm -hmm. that are really creating an existential threat to all life on earth. I will say it very bluntly. It's a very dangerous, nonsensical thing happening. Um, I've known about this since the early nineties. It's Mm -hmm. one of the chief reasons Mm -hmm. uh, back in, uh, oh gosh, when, when the uh, uh, head of the defense intelligence agency whom i briefed mm. uh, general patrick hughes he's a three-star and he had been denied access to this information now this wow. is the head of for those who don't know the defense intelligence agency would be like the cia for civilian right for the entire military mm-hmm. and this guy is the top guy yeah and i would, did a, a briefing in his conference room at the pentagon mm-hmm. and he flat out told me that he was denied access and uh, he thought that there actions being taken that were dangerous i said mm-hmm. oh you better believe it yeah. and i discussed this with him the mm-hmm. fact that we were tracking and targeting these objects yeah. um who are frankly completely not hostile but i will tell you the fact that they're not hostile towards humans and and uh earth does not mean that they are happy with right. what this clandestine group is doing right because we're actually if people want to know where the threat is mm-hmm. go look in the mirror yeah Humans have become an existential threat to ourselves uh, with mm-hmm. what we're doing to this planet,
2: mm-hmm.
0: environmentally and otherwise, but also now potentially to other planets. Yeah. So I think that this is a very complex problem. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the big problems with the news media, everything has to be boiled down into a, a, a 30 to 90 second soundbite. Yeah. And the issue is so complex Uh, And by the way, it's another problem with with members of the Congress and White House, is that they're so busy and yet the issue has to get unpacked. One of the things we're trying to do, we haven't done it yet, Mm -hmm. is that we're going to unveil what we're calling the Disclosure Project Intelligence Archive, Mm -hmm. which is many terabytes of data. Wow. But what needs to happen, anybody out there, we need someone who's a very good uh, data file manager. Mm-hmm. who can then organize these hard drives and information mm. and that we can then, what we eventually would like to do is have yeah. a website that would be the clearinghouse for all legitimate information on the subject. Yeah, um, But we're not there yet, of course. I, I can't even imagine what that might cost and yeah. we would have to fund raise the funds. But we, there are a lot of technical obstacles to doing mm-hmm. it just because it's a massive, we may eventually have some, we're in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 terabytes. Wow, that's a lot of data. Which is a huge amount for a website. Yeah and also a searchable website where it's mm-hmm. all indexed and searchable. Right. So this is a technical problem. I'm a doctor and right. not a, <laughs> a tech guy, but we need some really good tech people to yeah. help us with that. You
1: know, I may have some people on my team that can help with that. Okay. Uh, with the project that I've done with uh, searching for space anomalies, uh-huh. we've downloaded over 1 million images from the NASA and European Space Agency Caltech servers okay. and cataloged them and categorized about fifty to 60,000 anomalies Searchable, linkable, downloadable, and everything else. We did over the course of seven years, right? But we do have the capability of doing something
0: like that. Yeah, we want to stand this up in the next year. Yeah, um, and we're still collecting data. I will tell you, there's on average two to four new top secret whistleblowers coming into our system every Mm. month. Wow. We're adding uh, a similar number of top secret facilities. Let me give people an idea. So this is not vague. Yeah. There's there's a man who um, is going to be speaking uh, here. Mm-hmm. He was an army guy at Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. He was taken into an underground facility mm-hmm. where there was a kind of a sonic electromagnetic anti gravity operation mm-hmm. with this massive, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds heavy. With uh, like a granite uh, wow. cubic rectangular object floating. Wow. Um, and he knew the name of the area, where it is. Mm. So see, every time one of these whistleblowers comes forward who've actually been in the system, whether it was an accidental event in his case yeah. or worked in it, we grab that information and mm. put it on our facilities list. Gotcha. So when you see this facilities list that we're going to be releasing, mm-hmm. keep in mind that every dot on that map Mm-hmm. and everyone in the list is backed up from witness testimony yeah. and uh files right. but of course those we can't release without the, the whistleblower's permission gotcha so what one of the one of the things that's a problem for me personally
2: mm-hmm.
0: is that having debriefed all these hundreds of top secret witnesses
2: mm-hmm.
0: but when they're not willing to come forward publicly like has yeah. recently happened with with one of them, yeah. What what happens is that we're the best I can do is provide the information. Mm-hmm. But what we really need is a process, an open hearing. And this I've had a conversation with a member of Congress in the House, mm-hmm. is to have an oh. And this is new news. Uh, to have an open hearing process, not in a skiff, mm-hmm. where these witnesses can be subpoenaed and be sworn in under oath and come forward. Yeah, uh, and the whole public will know about it because I think the top secret process uh, is dangerous in the sense that if it's top secret going through a Pentagon office like Arrow, yeah. how much of that will ever get out to the American public? How much of it will actually get to the members of Congress? Mm. Because I know that there's a letter we have from the uh, chair and co-chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee recently, written mm. in April, mm. where they were very unhappy with the progress. And the reporting back out of arrow to them i have this letter yeah and uh we can show it to you my mm-hmm. assistant can get it to you and i think this is a big problem because it gets back into is the fox guarding the hen house right. sort of problem right and some of the men that we have taken uh, and that i know have gone into the skiff for arrow have been extremely unhappy mm in, A, how they were treated, and B, the tendency to cut them off and not let them tell the whole information. So one of our concerns here, and I have an inside track on that very much in the system, is that there's a big concern that the leadership of that office, whether or not they're complying with the law, Uh, to let these people bring all their evidence and testimony but also then properly report it up the chain of command uh, to the Congress, which is the entity that has funded and authorized the investigation. So this is something, uh, again, in a a, a democratic republic like the United States or any democracy, there has to be proper oversight of these sort of operations. Uh, And I think we have to be very, very vigilant that this doesn't end up being like prior government mm-hmm. investigations which were basically yeah. dog and pony shows that furthered the cover-up right and uh, I'm, I'm actually quite concerned about that mm-hmm. uh, from the things i am hearing mm. not from the rumor mill yeah. but or the you know ufo chat rooms mm-hmm. but from these top secret guys going in what they tell me afterwards mm. so we are concerned about that and i think we have to be vigilant
1: yeah uh, what government agencies could have the power to cover up these UFO and UAP, crash retrievals and so forth without any oversight from the front government? Mm-hmm.
0: All of them. Yeah. So let me explain how, <laughs> a little bit of history here. Yeah. Uh, when you start dealing with top secret operations, they're very highly compartmentalized mm-hmm. and there's there's special access projects. Mm-hmm. And as you know from our documentary, Unacknowledged, mm-hmm. there are ones that are unacknowledged special access projects. Yeah. Now, within those, and those mean that if you're not in the project, you're not to tell anyone outside of it. Mm -hmm. Those have been, and not just on the UFO issue, on a number of issues. Yeah. Around Contra, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But now there's a branch of those that went rogue Mm. and the rogue ones, um, don't have any legal oversight. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people confuse like the black budget of the United States uh, which is very very secret yeah. that the legal black budget it's legal mm-hmm. is known by the president his guys and the chief oversight committees and members of the Senate and House. Yeah. I'm talking about ones <clears throat> that have gone so rogue and black mm. that they're not overseen. Gotcha. But they're it's they're enfolded it's like those Russian folding dogs <laughs> dolls, you yeah. know, where you stack the dolls yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called. But dolls. Yeah like. exactly. <clears throat> and and but they're they're hidden within other SAPs, other other special access projects. Mm -hmm. And of course, we uncovered this back in the 90s. And so that structure, let's say the architecture of the secrecy, unfortunately, allows for those operations to go completely unsupervised, even by senior members of the Pentagon. For example, General Patrick Hughes, or you all know the memo leaked out, from Doctor Davis about my briefing, the head of intelligence for mm-hmm. the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Admiral Wilson. That uh, that happened because even though he had this very high position, mm-hmm. which you know he was the J two, he was in charge of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Right. And when we gave him some information about this, he made some inquiries. He was not only denied access, mm-hmm. he was threatened and now you know people go how is that possible yeah now a lot of people back in the day when i first said this happened uh, so this cannot be true Mm -hmm. later this memo leaked out from eric davis they went, oh god it was true look you know some of the things i say people go wow that's really out there Mm -hmm. but it's all based on fact yeah and and it's it's all true and people will come to find that what we've been saying in the 90s and 2000s Um, and now in the 2020s, it's when it all comes out, it, every bit of it will be true. Yeah. Uh, as outrageous, and I will admit, it is outrageous. Um, uh, but if we don't get a handle on this, mm-hmm. we're really facing a catastrophe. Yeah. And I mean, we really are as a people, as a civilization, not only because the technologies that would get us off of uh, fossil fuels and, and say the biosphere are being mm-hmm. withheld, but that there's this rogue element that has weaponized these technologies. Uh, and without supervision and knowledge, I can assure you that the people I know in the Congress and the white house have no knowledge of that operation wow. and Pentagon, mm-hmm. general Hughes had no knowledge of that. Incredible. Admiral Wilson had no knowledge of it. So when you have that happening, that, that group, Really is a threat to world security mm-hmm. and national security. Right. So one of the things that I always want—I want to remind people—there is this wonderful quote from one of the very first directors of the CIA, who in 1947 was mm-hmm. CIA director, uh, and of course that was the year Roswell happened. Roswell happened. Yeah. In 1961, after Eisenhower made his speech of Beware the Military-Industrial Complex, and yeah. it was a veiled reference to this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, this man, Admiral Roscoe Helen Mm -hmm. wrote to the New York Times and he said, quote, I'm paraphrasing actually. He said, the secrecy Mm -hmm. around UFOs is a threat to the national security, Mm -hmm. not the UFOs. (laughs) So when I go into these meetings, I said, I know what you're hearing from the echo chamber of UFOlogy is that we're under some kind of alien invasion Mm -hmm. in reality. The secrecy around the subject is a threat to the national security mm-hmm. because this group that has run, uh, it's like a Frankenstein we created in the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. that's gotten off the table and then is walking amongst us. It's its a monstrous operation. Yeah. Right. And Some of the guys that I know who recently have been out in the field trying to penetrate these programs mm-hmm. have texted me on encrypted systems and said, wow these people are thugs yeah using the word thugs I say so absolutely they are mm-hmm. um so that's what you know we're we've been dealing with now for 30 years uh it's good to see there's some people coming forward talking about it yeah uh but uh unfortunately what has to happen and this is why we're doing this national press club event here yeah. is to frame the issue uh, up to date of what's mm-hmm. happening now that these developments have occurred in the Congress, mm-hmm. and call for these open hearings. Right. And uh, we, we, I think we're going to have a member of the uh, House of Representatives there with us mm-hmm. uh, on Monday who nice. will also make a call mm-hmm. for that if his schedule, if his flight gets in on time, he's he wanting to come, uh, and he's on a key oversight committee in the House of Representatives. So mm-hmm. what what I'm hoping is that. Yeah. Uh, what we're doing here uh, as a private entity, uh, again, I have no official standing and don't want one. Yeah, uh, I've been, <laughs> I would not accept a clearance and I don't need a clearance.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, That's just going to hold you back.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you're in shackles, then, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Um, I was offered to me. You know, I told you the story yeah. when the head of Army Intelligence in, in 1992
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, first threatened me and then offered me $2 billion <laughs> to be yeah. part of the board. Right. dealing with this, the so-called, you know, uh, majority joint intelligence committee, magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I said, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that was when, that was a lot of money, $2 billion. I mean, it'd be a lot now, but in 1992. That's a, that's a, lot, a- lot of money back then. Uh, and it was all black money, yeah. illegally gotten. Right. I mean, oh, you can believe the mechanism for the funding, which we're also going to expose mm-hmm. this weekend. Nice.
1: Yeah, probably illegal arms, drugs, you name it, the whole. Oh, it is all whole... drug running. Yeah.
0: Criminal <laughs> operations. Oh, yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely! Yeah, I tell people this is why. Uh, there's an attorney, Derek Garcia, mm. who um, is coming has come forward. I, I've sort of been uh, mentoring him since he was uh, 20, 21, maybe when he mm. was at Wesleyan. He's mm. now an attorney, public interest wow. attorney in Albuquerque. Wow! And he has graciously, uh, on his own time, uh, organized now 50 lawyers. Mm to represent our whistleblowers to defend them, but also to launch, this is a very big news, a civilian RICO lawsuit. RICO is the Racketeer Influenced Corrupt Organization Act from 1970. Mm -hmm. It's usually used against organized crime Mm -hmm. by uh, federal and state uh, law enforcement. But there's a provision for a civilian private organization to invoke it. Nice, and that's what we're planning to do. Which means we're going to be issuing subpoenas if we can get it into the certified federal system mm-hmm. uh, against these corporations and individuals who have been involved in this yeah. and who have committed various crimes. Right. All right. And so we're announcing that this week, mm-hmm. and also, uh, and Mr. Garcia will be at the event explaining what that is. Wow. Some of the attorneys who have surfaced to be. Doing this and it's all pro bono; they're not charging. Mm. Because we don't have the money to pay fifty attorneys. Yeah, um, you need fifty million dollars. Mm. Uh, but they're all wonderful people who are devoted to disclosure right. and are putting their efforts in. And some of them are preeminent. Uh, I'm, I'm we're still waiting to see which of them want to be publicly identified this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but some of them are absolutely preeminent wow. uh, attorneys in the United States.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And this conference is going to be a three-day event, basically. Well, the Press Club is going to be Sunday or Monday?
0: The Press Club, National Press Club, is Monday from 2 until 4 okay. at the National Press Club, right there uh, near where the JW Marriott is. Okay, uh, And that's where the media, of course, gathers mm-hmm. for the big press events. Yeah. It's where the 2001 event took place. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, with the, the first National Press Club event mm-hmm. that kicked off the global disclosure movement. Yeah. But this is sort of an update. Um, and with new witnesses, uh, many of them uh, dealing with the human, uh, what have been called, alien reproduction vehicles. Mm. Uh, we have a Raytheon guy from the South Pole. We have a guy who, uh, two Raytheon people, yeah. uh, showed him. Hovering at Fort Irwin, California. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, These triangular objects that were anti gravity. Mm -hmm. uh, And he's going to be there. Wow. Uh, And we have a Marine Mm -hmm. who was his platoon responded in a humanitarian Mm -hmm. mission uh, in in Indonesia after the earthquake and tsunami in 2009. Yeah. And they were deployed to an area and dropped in by a helicopter and came across a 300-foot diameter. Now, that's, the, that's the biggest round of the football field. Yeah. Man-made mm-hmm. UFO. And it was all these uh, black ops guys offloading what appeared to be illegal drugs and weapons. Wow. Uh, and, and some trafficking scheme. Mm. And they were threatened with being executed. Mm. Now, we have the names of all six of the platoon members. Uh, one of them wrote and said he you is know, in fear of his life. Yeah. I will tell you all six of them were told if you speak of this, you will be executed. Mm. Now, this man who's coming forward, Michael Herrera is incredibly brave. He was only 19 or 20 when this happened. He's about 33 now. Um, he's, he's a a very brave person. Mm -hmm. Uh, very few people have been willing to step forward on that because it exposes two major things, Mm. the existence of, a secret Air Force capability using these craft from Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Mm -hmm. and Raytheon and others, but also this rogue, most dangerous part of the rogue operation that is globally breaking all kinds of laws and engaged in uh, violent crimes, Mm -hmm. drug running, and clearly criminal activities.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, this disclosure movement is really so important because like you just talked about the amount of crimes that are involved yeah. for them to create these black budget projects and these secret projects, and these unacknowledged projects in order to keep it running and funded, they have to do so much dark stuff to keep it going, oh, yeah. which is a complete threat to humanity and the planet.
0: Well, not to mention the Constitution and the rule of law. Right. I mean, if we don't have the rule of law, what are we living in the jungle again? Right. Aren't we? Yeah. So, I mean, this becomes sort of a civilizational crisis, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Yeah. It way exceeds the risk of Mm -hmm. China, Russia, Ukraine, Mm -hmm. Iran, but it isn't on the radar fully yet by Mm -hmm. the members of Congress or other capitals and leaders Mm -hmm. or the United Nations or the White House. This is. There's this uh, very uh, the reason I've always been in a hurry to do this is that I know that if this stays on the course, it's on Mm -hmm. where it's going to end up. It's not going to be nice. It's going to be a catastrophe.
1: Exactly. You know, when you're looking at this, you know, all these black budget projects and what they're holding back technologically from the world, what other types of technologies or what types of benefits of the technology could be released to mankind that you feel are being held back?
0: Well, you know, we just released a few days ago, mm-hmm. uh, a, a documentary film called mm-hmm. the lost century mm-hmm. and how to reclaim it, yep. a key thing, how to reclaim it. And the lost century is an expose of a hundred years is mm-hmm. why we call it the lost century mm-hmm. of since the time of Tesla, yeah. of very advanced technologies that have been seized and sequestered, mm-hmm. inventors have been assassinated, mm-hmm. and the patent laws have been abused to seize them under national security provisions. I have a copy of one that yeah. we show in the film.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: everyone can right now go and see that film. It's on all platforms, iTunes, Apple, yeah. Google, Amazon, whatever. Right. Now, the reason that's so important, it outlines what we've lost in a 100 years but also, importantly, I'm one of these people, I don't like to just kvetch about a problem. Right. I think we need to, so what's the solution? Exactly. All right. So that was the disclosure project is the solution to these illegal secrecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this film, we talk about what the solution should be, the pathway yeah. to develop mm-hmm. or acquire, if anyone listening has one of these zero-point or quantum energy devices, mm. contact us immediately. Yeah. We have people with funding in place to get it out now. Mm. If we nice. can prove it. yeah, It's it's ready. I mean, it's substantial funding. Mm-hmm. So, but it has to be released open source.
1: Yes, that's the only way. Open source is, open the, source only is the only way. Open source is the only
0: way because if you go through patent or intellectual property secrets, <laughs> it's gonna get seized. Now yeah. most of these inventors, uh, here's the problem. They're very, very bright with physics or electromagnetic engineering but they don't understand the strategic landscape yeah. and the security landscape. Uh, and what I wanna do is combine what our expertise on the strategic and security landscape uh, so we can get out safely yeah. with the people who have the, the, the genius mm-hmm. in engineering uh, and, and physics mm-hmm. to create preferably a solid state version, Yeah. which of course, Floyd Sweet had. If you look up in our movie, you'll see this whole exposé yeah. about Floyd Sweet's device. Mm-hmm. which was real but i think that uh when you look at that what are the implications of the, all that being disclosed yeah just that mm-hmm. it would end poverty on the planet in 20 years right. And i'm not talking <laughs> poverty in the united states is not poverty that's not real poverty India and, <laughs> and africa and south america and parts of asia and south yeah. america so you know right now there are three billion people mm-hmm. on the earth that have no means to even cook their food. They're cutting down the forest and then the desert shrubs to make charcoal. Yeah. So it's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think one of the big questions is, if we can bring these technologies out, given the internet and other, and it's open source, yeah. then thousands of companies will spring up, just like yeah. the internet was mm-hmm. open source, thousands of tech companies sprung up yeah. and created hundreds of trillions of dollars in Mm -hmm. industries everything from amazon to alphabet to whatever so when this happens it'll be a tide that lifts the whole world up Mm -hmm. now it will also end all pollution on earth i mean literally all pollution Mm. air water Mm -hmm. ground yeah because these technologies because they're quote free energy Mm -hmm. And there's a chairman of a major corporation in america who wants to come forward who has said point blank yes we have those free energy devices wow to us now you know he's afraid to come forward Mm -hmm. because these corporate thugs are more dangerous than the assassins out of the cia trust me so i think that this is this is something that if the people unite around this that effort Mm -hmm. we should be able to create a, a civilization within 10 to 20 years yeah where there would be no poverty, no pollution, sustainability, Mm -hmm. uh, but wouldn't be just, you know, windmills and solar panels, which ain't going to get us there. No, It's too the energy density and it's so expensive. This would be something quite inexpensive, would Mm -hmm. fit on your table, Mm -hmm. run your house, run your factory, run your car and uh, would have zero energy costs and no pollution Mm -hmm. because it's pulling energy out of the fabric of space time, what's called the quantum vacuum or Mm -hmm. zero point energy. Uh, which was proven by the way in the 50s mm-hmm. by the, the professor Casimir right so this documentary i encourage everyone to look at it as yeah. soon as possible it's called the lost century and how to reclaim it we actually have motion graphics to show what the world looks like and 20 years, 50 years, yeah. 100 years, 1,000 years.
1: It was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. The oh, Lost Good. Century. Yeah. Oh, so yeah.
1: I've seen it. You gave me the link about two weeks ago. Yeah. I watched it. Amazing documentary. Guys, make sure you go watch The Lost Century. You can watch it on Apple. You can watch it pretty much on anything. anything. The Lost Century, Dr. Stephen Greer. It's an amazing documentary. The way that you did the graphics in there to show those projections, because mm-hmm. it gives you. It gives a person like the ability to kind of see the future, what it could missing. be. What what are we missing here?
0: And and that's what we could have had by you know the irony of all of this. Um, by the time I was born in mm-hmm. 1955, I turned 68 later this month. Mm. Uh, all of those technologies were in existence. Yeah. Uh, the, the zero point free energy, mm-hmm. the electrogravitic anti gravity that was mastered in October 1954. Wow. How do i know this the top scientist at the world's largest department of defense lab here mm-hmm. the naval research labs which thomas edison started when he was in one of the vaults mm-hmm. he saw the documentation that stated we mastered gravity control anti-gravity wow. october 1954 wow. so i was born in june 1955 yeah. so by the time i was born we should not have had jet engines no. and rockets cars with internal combustion engines, coal, yeah. gas, oil, nuclear, wind, mm-hmm. solar, geothermal, all of it. Yeah. Now, the good news is it's, it's like the ET said to Colonel Corso, mm-hmm. when, when he said, what's in this for me, and the ET said, a new world if you can take it. Yeah. But who's gonna be the losers here? Well, uh, you do have hundreds of trillions of dollars in assets. In petrodollar and oil yeah. and gas, public utilities. Mm-hmm. So one of the problems with this is when people talk about a disruptive technology like, you know, a ride app mm-hmm. like Uber or Lyft. I mean, yeah. that's I mean, it, it replaced the taxis. Right. But this would totally transform the planet. But there will be people who will be disrupted. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I think now the, the not the big corporations that have already made thousands of trillions of dollars mm-hmm. over 150 years, but the average worker. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're you're an oil rig worker yeah. or a public utility worker. Mm-hmm there needs to be a plan that as these technologies come out yeah we provide the training and support Mm -hmm. to transition them from those smokestack industries Mm -hmm. to this new high-tech energy sector yeah because there will be huge jobs resulting from that yeah we have to think this through uh and it needs to be compassionate to the rank and file people who Mm -hmm. would be adversely affected
1: absolutely yeah
0: i mean that's something i've I've said for 25 30 years Mm -hmm. But that can be done. Yeah. Uh, we can absolutely do that as a, as a people, right? Not here, but just globally. Globally, yeah. globally, we can come together as a people and do this. Uh, but ultimately, it will grow the economy
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, uh, the world's uh, poverty. I I predict in about twenty years would be gone,
1: gone, completely yeah. gone. All
0: yeah, Africa, everywhere. Right. So this is very good. Well, I always tell people, this is extremely. This is why I'm such an optimist. I know these exist, mm-hmm. and I know what the world will look like when it can be disclosed yeah and it really you know I have now 12 grandchildren, four daughters Congrats. it would be a whole new world mm-hmm. uh, if this could happen uh, and it would be a wonderful world yeah uh, if they're used for peace
1: exactly now
0: I will say caveat in my conversations with people in the military connected to these projects. Mm-hmm. I agree that the propulsion systems should remain classified. Mm. Now, what do I mean there? If you have an object mm-hmm. like that Tic Tac, yeah. that, that's Lockheed's Scumworks, by right. the way. Yeah, I it, believe it. It was not extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, newsflash, we know who made it, where <laughs> it came from. Yeah, it's not alien. <laughs> no, no. And yeah. we have a top secret witness mm. who, who actually in 1991 saw that thing being offloaded from a C-130 transport wow. vehicle In the azores oh man oh yeah you're gonna see the drawing of this he doesn't want to come forward yet he's scared okay but he absolutely saw it and we have another account of that identical object Mm -hmm. uh from multiple witnesses from 1967 in Mm -hmm. pennsylvania wow so that's an old one yeah all right yeah so uh now i know that when i've spoken to people like david fravor uh who is the f-18 pilot. Mm -hmm. He insists there's no way we had anything that could move like that. But of course he was a jet pilot and he wasn't read into these compartmented operations. So, uh, you know, I always uh, let people have their opinion, Mm -hmm. but, you know, to be honest with you, uh, if you haven't been briefed up to that level, Mm -hmm. and if chairman of the Senate Intelligence and Armed Services and White House presidents (laughs) and generals haven't been told, I'm quite sure a pilot (laughs) in yeah. the navy would not have been read in no. um so i think this is for the disconnect because it seems so unbelievable to mm-hmm. people who are your conventional yeah. uh pilots and military folks mm-hmm. uh but the truth is is that that's the nature of, of top secret special compartmented right information is highly compartmented uh but i think that that is why the significance of disclosure is mm-hmm. is not just to correct these legal and other problems it's really Mm -hmm. to transform the way humans live on the planet Mm -hmm. in preparation Mm -hmm. for humans becoming interstellar gotcha so i mean there's a long-term trajectory Mm -hmm. that if we don't muck up the whole situation yeah right and create an extinction level event from Mm -hmm. our stupidity yeah um, we, we have this amazing boundless future that's so beautiful yeah. waiting for us.
1: Oh, it can be incredible. Oh, it regardless. is, it will be, I've, yeah. I've seen it. I'm know, optimistic right? as well. I don't believe in the doom and gloom, it's oh, coming no. to an end and it's the end times. I really don't believe in that. It is the best time to be alive and I think that we're on the precipice and people like you are really pushing the forefront and getting us to the level where we can break through and yeah. usher ourselves back to a golden age and i think we will definitely do it because we've be done a, before. Be a
0: global golden age yes it'd be like the shambhala kingdom the mythical yeah. i think it might have existed that was in that small area of the planet mm-hmm. for the whole planet yeah because once we reach the point where there's no poverty and there's mm-hmm. super abundance yeah people can then turn their attention towards creative pursuits the mm-hmm. development of higher states of consciousness yeah. uh, meditative states mm-hmm. um uh, travel through space peacefully. The the trick here, however, with humans, Mm -hmm. is that in these covert programs, the tragedy is these wonderful technologies that could be used for good Mm -hmm. have been turned to war. And if you look at the course of human history in the modern technological era, almost every breakthrough
2: Mm
0: -hmm. atomic, Had its first application in a weapon system. Yep. And so the 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 problem that's got to get fixed, and this gets to be a very important social, even spiritual, uh, s- civilizational discussion, mm-hmm. is that is all this is that poised. It is coming out. This yeah. is all coming out. Um, we know this is coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to say something a little bit that's okay. dangerous, but I'll be discreet in yeah. how I describe it. But this is all going to come out. One way or another mm-hmm. the question is we need to begin having the conversation mm-hmm. with global leaders that's why i'm reaching out to people in the uk and other countries um uh, about what does this look like going after all this is is then known mm-hmm. is it another arms race yeah do we take these technologies and weaponize them do we weaponize them against extraterrestrial peoples which mm-hmm. has already happened we have to be very careful because once you cross the nuclear threshold mm-hmm. past the nuclear into these technologies they are potentially significantly more uh lethal mm-hmm. than a hydrogen bomb yeah and so we have to begin to ask the question what are we going to be when we grow up yeah. as a species yeah. you know right. we're sort of in an adolescent rambunctious phase right yeah and unruly mm-hmm. uh, humans. Yeah. But if we reach this point of maturity and what's been called a level one mm-hmm. civilization, Michikaku and others, yeah. um, where we're peaceful globally, mm-hmm. we're fixing the environment, then there's hundreds of thousands of years potentially of unbroken evolution and exploration. Yeah. But if we don't get this right, I, I will tell you, it is the end. Yeah. We- we're gonna hit an extinction level event. So when I say that the stakes, involved with this cannot be overstated in mm-hmm. their importance. I, I mean, it, it absolutely yeah. it cannot be overstated.
1: No, you're right. There are theoretical physicists and astrophysicists that have claimed that based on just sheer numbers and civilizations that are out there in our own Milky Way, they've reached a high level and have actually destroyed themselves. There could be literally thousands or maybe even millions of destroyed planets out there where the people, destroyed themselves and they're just sitting there barren wastelands.
0: Well, some people think that happened on Mars Mm -hmm. very, very long, millions of years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There's some evidence for that. So, you know, there, there are lessons here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we need to learn from history or we're going to repeat it. Yeah. Um, But I think the extraterrestrial civilizations currently involved with surveilling and looking at the earth, a lot of people ask, why are they always around our uh, atomic and nuclear facilities? roswell let's yeah. not forget was mm-hmm. the 509th bomber squadron only place in the world yep. only place in the world where there was an atomic bomb in 1947. Mm-hmm. what were the et's so concerned about because yeah. they they have seen this happen
2: mm-hmm. where we
0: get on that path we stay on that path yeah and that civilization is extinct yep but they also know that once you get on that path it's not far to go to the next level mm-hmm. where you then have interstellar the so-called Trans dimensional technologies that yeah. allow for space travel. Right. Because space travel has to be many, many times the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand how that happens. If you want to visualize a piece of paper, mm-hmm. here's a point here, uh, a thousand light years is another point. You're not going this way, you're folding the piece of paper, space right. time. Mm-hmm. You're folding it. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. We know how this happens. It's called entanglement, quantum entanglement, mm-hmm. but on a macro scale with the whole spacecraft. Yeah. So, basically, when you reach that point, if you're still violent, Mm -hmm. and savage, like humans are, you're now a threat elsewhere. That's right. See, so I always tell people, you know, humans tend to be extremely narcissistic, and they don't do well looking through the eyes of others, Mm -hmm. which is to me, the heart of compassion of the Buddha, you have to be able to look at how does this look? This this enterprise on Earth right now mm-hmm. look to an advanced civilization that has come this way before us and survived. Yeah, I'm afraid that we we look like we're in great trouble, and mm-hmm. I think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I joked back in the '90s, I'm an emergency doctor, and I know an emergency when I see one. Right. <laughs> and and this, we are in a global emergency <clears throat> writ large. Yeah. Uh, but most people are not open, awake to that yet. Uh, and I think part of what the Disclosure Project uh, is is devoted to doing mm-hmm. is putting out the evidence and the information, but also a vision of how to uh, be awake to this, but not just get into negative conspiracy stuff, but turn it into a positive outcome gotcha. socially, technologically, yeah. and economically, mm-hmm. spiritually. So I think those are all big uh, undertakings that need to, the, the conversation on that needs to be joined yeah. now
1: definitely. How do you think, and this will be the last question before we close, but how do you think this disclosure <clears throat> excuse me, can actually help? How can disclosure actually help with the prevention of government agencies like the Pentagon giving these private corporations these contracted jobs so they can hide them? And then we can't get a FOIA. We can't request information on these because they're private. Do you think that we'll see a day when this communication or this collaboration or collusion that's happening to keep these things secreted away and compartmentalized, do you think there'll be a day when we can break that reign that they've got on that and make it to yeah. where we have access to see what's happening?
0: If, if, if we can get these open hearings, or even if there is a classified process mm-hmm. first that leads to open, mm. we have the people who can blow the whistle on yeah. that, how it's structured, mm. and then there could be reforms in the law that prevent it. I I do know that a clock has been put on this. Mm. And this is the sensitive thing I didn't uh, (laughs) refer to, and I have to be very careful. Mm -hmm. But I'm working with a number of teams here in Washington Mm -hmm. who don't know each other. Okay. All right. Uh, And advising and providing evidence and information to them. But there's one team that absolutely is hoping this gets resolved through the constitutional process, uh, through what we're doing, Mm -hmm. perhaps with this RICO civilian lawsuit. If there are any attorneys out there who want to join us, contact us. Mm -hmm. You'll see that we have 50-some attorneys now, we Mm -hmm. can use more with Mm -hmm. different specialties. We also need private investigators, Mm -hmm. former prosecutors, etc. But I think that when when we look at that, if that can't get resolved by pretty much the end of this year or early next year Mm -hmm. there are some folks who are very fed up Mm -hmm. in the special operations and forces community that are going to move but that that can be dangerous and and could result frankly in a bloodbath right so what we're trying to do is move this very quickly Mm -hmm. um I know those guys very much hope we succeed yeah uh and don't have to do what they've been chartered to do right so i'm only referring to this obliquely to say that you know having been involved with this for 30 years well first of all i won't be alive 30 more years yeah. uh, but but i know that this this process needs to actually get come to a head. Mm-hmm. In a proper channel, yeah, Uh, you know, constitutional, legal, oversight, Mm -hmm. White House, other countries. Yeah, I'm having conversations with people uh, connected to very senior government in the United Kingdom, okay, uh, and elsewhere. But I think this is why we need to understand that this is needs to be taken very, very seriously by people in the the UFO uh, UAP community. Um, but also come together to do it in a coherent way. Right. And uh, the more, I will also make an appeal, any of you who know or are folks who've been involved with this with a corporation or intelligence or military operation, should contact us mm-hmm. because the more people who come together, I think the, a very poor way to do this are lone wolves coming out one at a time. Yeah. But when you come together as mm-hmm. a group, it re- and they, these are people who don't know each other, but mm-hmm. have different parts of this yeah. picture from different agencies, mm-hmm. services, yeah. corporations. That's what we're doing this week and weekend mm-hmm. at the National Press Club on Monday. Yeah. Then what happens? It 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 reinforces each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you just do, if you have an extraordinary experience as an intelligence operative or military personnel or a Lockheed or Raytheon uh, uh, official and you do it by yourself people go ah you know it doesn't seem you know like that's possible mm-hmm. whereas if you have five or ten mm-hmm. or 100 I want this to eventually become a torrent right. instead of a trickle right where hundreds and then thousands of people just mm-hmm. come forward yeah now a lot of people are afraid let me say this that they can't do that. I believe they can and mm-hmm. the, the foundation, of the Disclosure Project, which I have not talked about yeah. with you much, is uh, the Unless Otherwise Directed letter, UNOD, we mm-hmm. wrote to the Clinton administration and all federal agencies in the Pentagon mm-hmm. in late 1997-1998. We mm. gave them 60 days to respond. Yeah. And The Unless Otherwise Directed is a military technique that basically says, unless otherwise directed, here's my assessment and here's what i'm going to do mm-hmm. it's written that way so no one has to make an overt action gotcha you see so we did this and what we said was these projects are being run illegally mm-hmm. therefore the non-disclosure agreements and the secrecy owes that anyone has taken yeah. corporate or governmental mm-hmm are completely nullified yeah they're invalid they're invalid because the operation (laughs) the underlying operation is illegal gotcha now if you're just someone who's a foot soldier in this Mm -hmm. a delta force guy or a navy seal or someone who's working at a corporation as a part of this huge operation you wouldn't know that Mm -hmm. we know it because having briefed people like the ci director and senators and senior flag officers generals admirals at the pentagon Mm -hmm we know that it's that way so we're going to establish that as a proof right Mm -hmm. now at that point everyone is exonerated that you can leave one of these underground bases with part of an et craft an Mm -hmm. et body documents Mm -hmm. and your own information with impunity right because until those operations are put under legal oversight by we the people's government those projects are illegal. They cannot use the law when they're breaking the law. Exactly. This is—I want to say this very forcefully. This is why we need, you know, dozens, then hundreds, and then thousands of people. Yeah, coming forward, basically being liberated.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. It's a snowball ro- rolling down the hill. Basically, yep. once all this begins to happen,
0: it's going to unfold, and there's nobody that can stop it. And there was always our strategy. I mean, back yeah. in you know, when I. Tried to get the Congress and the President to do this in the 90s before we went public in 2001, mm-hmm. 22 years ago here in Washington, mm-hmm. uh, where we are now. Uh, I'd hope that people in Congress would uh, take care of it. Yeah. I never thought I'd have to leave my medical career to address this. Yeah, uh, you know, I've lost over 12 million dollars in income doing mm-hmm. this as a doctor, um, but not that anyone cares about that. But I'm just saying it's a, sacri- it's a real sacrifice, it's a huge sacrifice for my family. I mean, come and, on. You that's you a know, real sacrifice for man. all the gossips out yeah. there. But the point I'm making is that, you know, now that we're at this point mm-hmm. where there the laws are in place now. Yeah. Which we worked hard. And I gave feedback on this one that was passed mm-hmm. um, in uh, December. Yeah. That allowed the whistleblowers. Initially, that law was going to leave out corporate guys. Mm. And I said, oh, no, the center of gravity <laughs> in this is corporate yeah. and not government. So I said, we need to get those guys protected too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so that's what we have now. Yeah. I think, again, the next thing we have to have are more protective laws mm-hmm. you know, that are explicit for their pensions, their personal safety right. and amnesty if they mm-hmm. were involved in something Ill- illegal so they're not prosecuted if they yeah. come forward completely. Mm-hmm. And then also an open hearing process. Yeah. I hope... It's most likely that a House committee, mm-hmm. like the Government Reform and Oversight Committee, which yeah. does these sort of investigations, would be the lead investigative committee mm-hmm. rather than in the Senate. This is what uh, historically yeah. is the case. Now, right. it, it could happen under the aegis of any of these authorized committees, frankly. Yeah. There there are probably at least half a dozen committees mm-hmm. where this would fall under their purview. Money, yeah. appropriations, right. defense, intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah oversight, science and technology in the Mm -hmm. house. There are a number of them that could hold hearings, and maybe the best path would be multiple investigations simultaneously.
1: Yeah, well, I think if one breaks through, Mm -hmm. then you'll see others then fall in line with it. Yeah.
0: But it needs to be, the initial process up to the hearing should be that they, and I'm gonna announce this, Mm -hmm. this week we have provided uh, the entire Disclosure Project Intelligence Archive Mm -hmm. Uh, with these 752 witnesses, all the facility sites, mm. and a lot of other 121 crash retrieval cases wow. uh, to the Senate, to the White House, mm. to the Pentagon. And uh, on Monday, I'll be handing it off personally to a member of Congress wow. for the House of Representatives. That's amazing. So that's the, and, and here's good news, folks. These... At this point, there can be no excuses. Mm. The U.S. government now will have in their possession everything mm-hmm. they need to get to the bomb. and I mean everything. Yeah. You know where the northern helicopter bases mm-hmm. in the Nevada test range? Wow. Where they were deployed to retrieve both man-made crashed UFOs mm. and extraterrestrial ones, mm. because the witness who was there gave us that data. Yeah. And it's in there. So all of that is there yeah. now. And now the people, you guys us just ordinary folks like me need to now say okay the government must be accountable yeah they've been given the information no more excuses Mm -hmm. do it
1: at the end of the day the government actually is supposed to work for us yes they've got us tricked into thinking that we work for them i know I know, (laughs) and people believe it
0: they're like they're our masters
1: no yeah exactly no
0: they're the servants Mm -hmm. yes of course
1: we're the bosses
0: correct and you know it's funny because i have a my dad was a uh, half Native American mm-hmm. and my mom's family were some of the original prisoner of war with the British.
1: Wow. My father was
0: hand-to-hand combat on amphibious landing units in mm. World War II in, in, in the Pacific yeah. uh, and had terrible PTSD over it, frankly, mm. but uh, who wouldn't? And, uh, but I always tell people, you know, this is a time where we need to come together, mm-hmm. but instead of a violent enterprise, a peaceful one of disclosure yeah. uh, and the rule of law, but Mm -hmm. the only way the congress and the president is going to act is that they hear from you guys so here's my other request Mm -hmm. please write to your two senators and your member of the house representatives your own representative Mm -hmm. and to the president Mm -hmm. asking them to take action Mm -hmm. and tell them that the disclosure project has provided them all the actual intelligence they need to get to the bottom of this yeah you know we've spent Millions of dollars and 30 years assembling this. Mm-hmm. It's now been handed off on hard drives.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And tell everyone again where uh, this event is this weekend and mm-hmm. what they can expect.
0: Yeah, and so you can give them a link. If you can't yes. be there in person at the JW Marriott on, on Saturday, uh, t- tomorrow the 10th and Sunday, we're going to have you know a huge 12 hours of presentations from the witnesses, from me, mm-hmm. from... Uh, aerospace historian, uh, Michael Schratt and others, uh, Dr. Zahari. Mm-hmm. and But then on Monday, the uh, 12th, at the National Press Club, mm-hmm. we're going to stream live for free globally mm-hmm. that entire press club event with the witnesses. Mm-hmm. Now, that's only an hour and a half presentation, half hour question and answer. Yeah. So the weekend event, you're going to get uh, 10 times more information, right. obviously, right. at least 10 times more. Yeah. Um, and I encourage people who can't come in person to just uh, get the webinar link mm-hmm. because it gives you. And if you can't see it live, mm-hmm. we're going to keep it up there for a couple months where you can see it at your leisure. Yeah. So I would encourage people to do that. And uh, it also helps defray some of the costs of what we're doing this year. We're going to spend at least five hundred thousand dollars on further developing the archive. Mm. Confidentially, you know, I, 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 I've been telling people, I won't say who. But the people who've been, we've been bringing the DC to go through the skiff. Mm-hmm. We've been paying for their travel, mm. their lodging, yeah. their food, their lot. cars, their drivers. Um, this is very expensive, mm. and you know I'm a retired doctor, not a you know a tech billionaire. Yeah. So we need people's help that way also.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Definitely. Well, the links to this entire event are in the caption of this video. Okay. No matter where you're watching it, click on the link. Make sure you guys register. If you can get here, phenomenal. If you can't. Get that webinar link. Click on that link. And also don't forget, tune into the press club. That'll be Monday afternoon. You don't want to miss it. I saw the one that came out in 2001 yeah. mm-hmm. and it blew me away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It like solidified my mind on what I thought was happening yeah. was happening. Yeah, right and uh and so you you don't want you're alive at at a great time right now don't miss this press club don't miss this conference you want to see everything that has to be said here and i love michael schratt by the way his work is amazing Oh,
0: you oh well he you know what we've done you're going to see all this guys all these witnesses coming forward He's dealt with them. I, I hand them off and, mm. and then they describe the craft or the skiff and he's done all the artwork. Oh, man. It's beautiful. It's Ill, it breaks it come alive. Nice. And yeah. also a lot of that is in uh, The Lost Century. Mm. Yep. So people who want to, uh, that's out now. It just dropped on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This is Friday. Yeah. So go see The Lost Century. It'll, it'll give you a good foundation mm-hmm. uh, tonight yeah. for what's happening this weekend.
1: Absolutely. Dr. Stephen Griss, a pleasure, pleasure, man. Appreciate Thank you so much. It, Thank you. Again, another Forbidden Exclusive, we have Dr. Stephen Gray here. Don't miss this incredible conference. And again, Monday, the Press Club 2.0 is coming to you live worldwide. Don't miss it. Be a part of the disclosure. Peace. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's Great. Excellent. Excellent, man. Hey, thank you, sir. Good, good. That's great. Yeah.
0: Hope that covered everything.
1: Yeah. Thank you.